Hey, good evening. My name is Joe. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here at Vineyard Covington, and we are so happy that you're here. We're so happy. Can't you tell? Like, we really are. We do want to have a really great um, posture of humility and hospitality to our guests, and you're our guest tonight, so thanks for being here. I want to start by taking us all the way back in time. Just think with me here. All the way back to 2020. I know. Doesn't feel good, does it? Don't worry, we won't stay there long. But do you remember life in 2020? It was a little different. We were in the middle of a pandemic, and for most of us, life slowed down a ton. Like way more than we're comfortable with, right? We were forced to stay home. We were forced to limit our interactions with other people. And for some of us, like everything stopped for a while. Fast forward to now. Things are pretty much back to the way that they were before. We're doing in-person stuff. Our schedules are full again. A lot of it's, a lot of it's really good. I'm really glad about most of that. But... But, but our pace of life is unsustainable, friends. Your calendar, it's too full. There aren't enough spots on it. And many of us are on a path that leads to burnout or exhaustion. Maybe you're already there. Maybe it's because school just started. Maybe you got a new job. Maybe you're looking for work. That's almost exhausting as working. Or maybe some of the commitments that you've made. That's what it is for me. I am uh, really happy and honored to help lead our Alpha course right now. It's been going on here in Covington. It's been so much fun on Thursday nights. Um, I'm also committed to helping lead a squad of men in the prayer tent at man camp this fall. Really excited about that. And least, last but not least, Julie and I are marrying off our oldest son in a couple weeks. Yeah. It's a big deal, but it's also a lot of stuff on the calendar. None of these are bad. These are all actually really amazing things. But if I don't schedule rest in with the rest of all of this, then I'm going to get burnt out, and so are you. So we're going to be talking about Sabbath rest tonight. I know that's what you came here. The only rule is you're not allowed to uh, fall asleep. Rest is good, but not while I'm talking. Um, and this hit my radar a few years ago as I was stepping into more roles in ministry. I just realized that like, if I wanted to do this well for a long time, I had to at least try the Sabbath. I had to at least give it a shot. I needed regular scheduled rest or else I was going to burn out. So we're going to talk about some experiences that I've had. We're going to let scripture guide us, and then we'll get real practical and give you some tools to jump in if you're ready. Sound good? All right. Let's pray. Lord, would you come now and just make us more aware of what you're doing in the room? I just thank you for the time we've had to worship you. Just pray that you would open our hearts to this message, that you would speak through me, and um, that you would just do your thing. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what is Sabbath? Well, the Jewish word is simply Shabbat, which means to stop. Just to stop. It's as simple as that. 
What do you need to stop doing regularly? Work is the most obvious thing, right? Like, okay, maybe I should stop working for a little while. But maybe you need to stop worrying. Maybe you need to stop wanting. Maybe you need to stop consuming. But if there's one thing that you remember tonight about this talk, I want it to be this. Sabbath is a gift from God. It is a gift. Like, imagine the best gift you've ever received, but it's not unwrapped yet. It's just sitting there on the shelf with great wrapping paper, just begging to be opened. That's what Sabbath is. Let's take a look through Scripture to kind of help set the tone here, okay? First stop is, 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 do we have slides? Okay, just making sure. First stop is in Genesis. We get into Sabbath right away. Genesis 2 verse 3 says, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This is really simple. We get right to the point, but here's what stands out to me here. The word blessed and the word holy. Holy can be defined as sacred, as set apart, as special, as unique. And blessed is something that's held in reverence. It's something that brings pleasure and contentment or even good fortune. Fast forward to Exodus 20, okay? And this is when the Israelites are getting the Sabbath as part of the Ten Commandments through Moses. Exodus 20 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, you, your son, daughter, male, female, servant, livestock, or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. We got some familiar words here already. Blessed and holy are back. Okay? But there's another inclusion, inclusion here I want to point out, and it's the word remember. It's like remember... The Sabbath was good enough for God. He observed it. He did it. Remember that it's a gift. Remember that it's good. And Sabbath comes up a ton in Scripture, and I want to just hit one more spot. And this is when Jesus is coming to the world in the New Testament. And usually when Sabbath comes up in Jesus' stories, it's because he's messing with the Pharisees. You know, he's kind of like pushing the envelope. It's the same in this one. It's from Mark chapter 2. It's going to be on our screen here. One Sabbath, he was going through the cornfields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God where Abathar was high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions, and then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind, for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What I love about this is Jesus is constantly challenging the way we think and act. There's a challenge in here. 
He doesn't question or alter the authority of Scripture or the law of Moses. Instead, he offers us a different way to understand it and apply it to our lives. Jesus reminds us that the Sabbath, which is blessed and an invitation into rest, was made for you and me, not the other way around. We were created so that we could rest, but rest was created for you and me. This invitation is at the heart of the Sabbath. God invites us in. It's an invitation, not an obligation. Does that make sense? It's an invitation over an obligation. It's a gift. It's blessed. It's holy. God practices it himself. So why is it so hard for me to receive it? I like gifts. Don't you? Why is it hard for us to receive this? If it's a gift, and I'm not saying that you agree with me there, but if it is, why is it so hard for us to receive? Well, here's some reasons why it might be difficult. One, sometimes when it comes to gifts, I kind of think that if I'm going to receive it, I'm too selfish. Like, oh, it's just somebody else needs it more than me. I don't want to look like I'm selfish. Or, or sometimes I just don't think I'm worthy of the gift. When it comes to rest, I think, I didn't even work that hard this week <laughs> compared to that guy or compared to this family. I'm not, I don't need to rest. Or maybe we don't trust the giver. I know, right? Like, may, like no one would say, hey, God, I don't trust you, but it's how we act sometimes, isn't it? Like, think about it. You get to the end of your week, it might be time to take a rest, but you say, you know what, God, I know this is rest time, but I think I know better here. I'm going to do a little work. I'm going to keep going here because who else is going to do this but me? I can't speak for everyone, but I know that what we're up against when it comes to receiving this is a big deal. It's not, of those, those, not only those internal struggles I was just talking about, but it's our external culture that is pushing against us when it comes to receiving this gift. And I have a lot of conversations with people, some of you, that go something like this. Hey, how's it going? What's been going on? And you tell me what's happened in your life, and it's really good, and I tell you what's happening in mine. And usually if there's a lot in that conversation or a lot on your calendar, you might hear me say something like, so where are you finding rest right now? And usually it's like, well, pff, I can't. You know, obviously not. I mean, didn't you hear what I said? Not happening for me, right? I'm going to ask you the same question. Where are you finding rest right now in your week. And the only thing I want you to rule out is when you actually go to bed and go to sleep. That's, that's great. Keep doing that. But that's not what we're really talking about. The other thing that pushes against us is that we live in an age of busyness and distraction. Christian author John Ortberg says it this way. For many of us, the great danger is not that we'll renounce our faith. It's that we'll become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version of it. That's an epidemic, people, and convicting for me. I've settled for a mediocre version of my faith at times. I have. 
And the great danger here is also kind of with these things, right? You know what this is, the black mirror, right? I could easily bring a bunch of statistics about how addicted we are to our phones and to technology year after year. We're doing it more, we're doing it more. And how that time and attention that we spend with digital distractions increases loneliness and anxiety. But you already know that, but we're still having a hard time doing much about it, aren't we? (laughs) Busyness, distraction, and the anxiety that comes along with it remind me that we need Sabbath rest more than ever before, friends. And don't get me wrong, a day of rest isn't going to cure the world's problems. There's a lot going on. But it's an invitation that God offers to us. And reasons like I just mentioned make it hard for us to receive this gift. So really, really quick recap. The Sabbath is holy, right? What was it? Blessed. Blessed. We're supposed to remember it. It's good enough for God. He does it. But it's difficult for us to receive because of distractions, because of anxiety, because of a lot of other things. But it's an invitation, not an obligation. Because some of you are probably thinking to me right now, okay, wait a minute. Like, Sabbath sounds pretty good. I'm down with rest. But are you trying to tell me that if I'm not doing this, that, like, I'm, I'm messing up? that there's something wrong with me. What about the new covenant, Joe? Didn't you read the New Testament? Turns out I have. And turns out you're not living in sin if you've never Sabbath before. If there's some conviction on your heart from the Holy Spirit to step in to rest more, that's a good thing. If there's shame that you're feeling right now, that's not from Jesus. It's just not. And I'd love for you to get some prayer about that tonight. Get rid of it. It's not going to do you any good. Okay? Remember, invitation over obligation. But if we agree that as a society we're worn out and tired, that we live in this culture of anxiety, and that living out of rest could improve some things significantly, then why wouldn't we step into it? Why not? And... There's another important point I want to make about Sabbath that you may not have thought of. See, I believe that we are in the midst of a war. (laughs) Like a war in the unseen realm, like the spiritual war that's happening of light and darkness. And that when you take time to put your phone down and to spend time with your family and rest, it is warfare against the darkness that wants to keep you enslaved to busyness. It's an act of war, like a nap. It's an act, you ever thought about a nap as an act of war? Yeah. Have you, Chris? <laughs> I really hadn't, but, but why not? Naps are now an act of war. <laughs> Declaring it. I mean, look at it. Jesus was busy, right? But he also knew how to properly budget his time to go away and be in a quiet, lonely place with the Father to refill his tank so that he could be ready for what he had to encounter. A follower of Jesus who's rested, present, 
non-anxious, and filled with things like gratitude, humility, worship, is a powerful force in this battle, friends. It pushes back on so much that holds us back. So what does it look like to receive this gift? Let's get, start to get practical here. Uh, A.J. Swoboda is a great author, and he wrote about the Sabbath, and one of my favorite quotes from the book says, Sabbath is a scheduled weekly reminder that we are not what we do. Rather, we are who we are loved by. Let that one sink in. Do you need to be reminded that you're not what you do? Even the good things that you do, they don't define you. They're important. Your work is important. This isn't an anti-work talk, okay? But even the work that you do that is good pales into, in comparison to who you're loved by. It pales in comparison. Rich Viotis says, Sabbath is not a reward for hard work. Sabbath is a gift that precedes work and enables us to work. This one messed me up because I thought it maybe was a reward for hard work. I was more willing to receive it if I was real tired. <laughs> you know? Turns out, that's not the way it is. We step in and receive this gift by understanding that Sabbath is resting and breathing and enjoying God. So here, here's a handful of things that Sabbath is. It's a lot of things, like a really a lot of things, and it looks different for everybody. But I'm just going to go through a handful of things that I've been noticing about Sabbath and what it is. It's an opportunity to stop doing some things, right? There's just some things that go on throughout our week that are not, not bad. But during Sabbath, we stop doing them. Technology might be one of those for you. It's also an opportunity to do things at a slower pace. This one makes my wife mad because I'm like, I want to go slow on Sabbath. And she's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like maybe it's, a, it's good to have a slower pace. But guess what? It's really hard. I'm terrible at it. Terrible at it. But think about if you have time to Sabbath and to rest, going slow. It's also an opportune time to prioritize relationships and community, to be with your family, to be with your spiritual family, to enjoy a good meal, a good conversation, a cup of coffee, a great cigar, whatever it is, you should include people in your Sabbath. It's not just a time for you to be a monk. It's also an opportunity to worship Focusing on God and worshiping him is vital. And it can be kind of like what we were doing earlier here today through song. It can also be a slow walk through your neighborhood or some peaceful time on the back porch observing God's creation, even a nap. It's worship. It's also an opportunity to embrace gratitude one of my uh, habits that I've done most of the time, not all the time on Sabbath, is to write a full page of the things that I'm grateful for. Just write them down. Grateful for, and, and it can be anything. It can be anything. 
It's also an opportunity to not accomplish anything and not feel guilty about it. That's going to be really hard for some of you. Because <laughs> you might even think, well, it's Sabbath, going to rest, relax, but I'm also going to alphabetize my books. <laughs> and you know what? That's a perfectly acceptable thing to do on Sabbath for some of you. And for others of you, that's not rest. It's okay not to accomplish anything. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to. It just means it's okay if you don't. It's also time to enjoy and delight in the best things. This was one of the things that hooked me to Sabbath originally when I was kind of contemplating whether to embrace it or not. It was, um, someone told me that it was about like having the best dinners, the best food, the best drinks, um, spending time with people that you don't normally get to spend it with. And for like you uh, parents, I know that some of you are like, this is when you get the good snacks, kids. Like the special dessert. There's a historic thing around this that we're reminded of God's sweetness through sweet things. Doesn't have to be sugar, but a lot of times it is, right? I finally got an amen, and it was <laughs> had to do with sugar. When we step into Sabbath with these understandings, it becomes easier to receive the gift. You didn't earn it. But receiving the gift allows you to experience the good life in a concentrated time slot. And over time, a slower approach, prioritizing of relationships, focusing on worship, gratitude, and the reminder that we are not what we do, but who we're loved by, infiltrates your whole week. And then it's Sabbath again. Sounds all right, doesn't it? So let's get practical. Here's a few things I want to leave you with as we close, okay? Sabbath 101 for your first or your next attempt. A couple things that might help you get started or just re-up, okay? Set aside 24 hours to rest and worship. Sounds simple. It's not. And so here's the thing. There's a ton of grace around this. You might be in a season of life where 24 hours is not on the menu, it just isn't. There's too many other things going on in your life that you are obligated to be a part of and to do. But instead of taking that gift and putting it on the shelf and being like, I'm going to open you someday. Like that, that's a good reminder. I'm glad I'm putting this where I can see it because I'm going to open that gift someday. And, and just letting it collect dust. Instead of waiting for the perfect season when you can do a 24-hour Sabbath and just doing nothing until then, Maybe you could do four hours. Maybe you could take an evening after dinner and just say, this is my Sabbath. This is four hours. We're going to do these things. We're going to prioritize these things. Maybe you could do two. Start where you're at, not where you think you should be. Right? There's a lot of guilt and shame around where we think we should be. But it doesn't help. You can start your Sabbath in a lot of ways, but it's fun to kind of mark it with something like lighting a candle, maybe opening a drink, maybe saying a prayer with your family over a meal, and then ending it with something significant too, like maybe the, the gratitude practice, maybe a prayer, maybe a, a walk. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but if you need help kind of identifying when it starts and ends, having a ritual of some sort can really be helpful. Build in time alone if you need it and if you can do it. And build in time with others. 
You guys, introverts and extroverts don't Sabbath the same. We don't. <laughs> We're different, and we've had to learn it the hard way, you know. I love to be alone, but I also need to spend time with my family and friends and balance that out in my Sabbath. And the last thing is, is do it with other people. Like, when I first thought about Sabbath, I thought it was more very monkish. Like, you know, I need to be in this quiet place and no distractions and just waiting for something amazing to happen. It's really not. That's too hard. Be with other people. I need you to do Sabbath. And I mean you, all of you. <laughs> and I need you not just to, like, enjoy it with, but I need you for accountability. Like, I need you to say, like, hey, how's your Sabbath going, Joe? Full license to ask me that question whenever you want. I'll be as honest as possible. Okay? Because I'm not an expert on Sabbath. Trust me. This is a learning thing. And I'm trying new things. I'm experimenting with rest. Because I know how important it is. I know how much I need it. And I know it's a gift that I'm invited into. Not something that is an obligation or a box to check. Make sense? We're going to transition now into a time of ministry. So would you stand up with me?